It was the first day of senior bowl practice, and two NFL franchises got new head coaches. Busy day, huh? That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you here once again on the show. Hope everyone is having a great start to their Wednesday. A busy day yesterday, huh? The first day of practice here at the Senior Bowl. We're going to touch on that, touch on some of the players uh, that really stood out to me watching both practices. But there's also some big NFL news. Because two franchises have got themselves brand new head coaches, and the Denver Broncos make a trade for Sean Payton. So there's some big storylines for us to discuss here on the show. But before we dive headfirst into all of that, got to tell you about our friends over at bet online who remain your number one source for all of your sports betting this season everything from the nfl playoffs to pro and college basketball the ufc mma and more you're always going to find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends over at bet online with live betting free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events just head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit all you got to do is make sure to use our promo code believe that's b L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And the first day of Senior Bowl practice started yesterday and boy did it provide a lot of useful information as we continue through this draft cycle for the 2023 NFL Draft. We talked about this being the first major stop and boy did we gain some information here on day one. I do want to at least here at the beginning and discuss how uh, there needs to be a little bit of pumping the brakes. And I know most of you out there are probably seeing a lot of things on Twitter. You're consuming a lot of the content from the Draft Network and other places about who stood out, maybe who struggled coming out of day one of practice. And and I, I just want to use this as a, as a launching point here at the beginning. One day of practice is not going to raise the draft stock or lower the draft stock of any of these players, no matter how good or how bad they played. You need to stack multiple good days together. So I take the first day with a grain grain of salt. I look at the first day as a base level setter, right? You are able to set a base level of what my expectations are for you as a player and what the, the expectations are, you know, that you've set out there for everybody else to see. And then from there, the way I determine whether or not you won or lost the week is, did you get better from that point? Did you continue to to evolve? Did you continue to take to the coaching really well? Did you show the improvements uh, that your coaches are asking of you each and every day? And if you can continue to stack day after day after day of practice, then you won the week. Then you got the most out of this opportunity to be in front of these NFL coaches, to compete against the best of the best, to gain this opportunity, to sit with these teams, to interview with these teams, to go through the entire process that is the Senior Bowl. If you can end the week better than, the, than how you started the week, then that is a win for you as a player. And so that's the mindset that I have when evaluating this. There are a lot of players that stood out today, and they stood out in a lot of positive ways. And we're going to talk about a couple of those players that really stood out. But that doesn't mean that they are locked into being standout players for the week. They need to continue to stack those days together. And so... I don't have an opportunity to watch everybody. I have to make the decision beforehand of what position groups I wanted to focus on. And for the national uh, practice, the first portion of practice, I wanted to focus on some trench play and mainly the offensive line, right? And there were three players that really stood out to me for three different ways, I would say. And the first player I want to talk about is Dewan Jones. And I'm sure everybody saw the hype uh, on Twitter when the measurables came out and you saw how big uh, this dude's wingspan is. And you you thought to yourself probably when you saw that tweet of, oh boy, uh, this is a big man, this is a tough man to move. 
Well, you thought that. When you see this dude in person, he's even bigger than you could possibly imagine. This is a big boy. This is a tough guy to move, and that length is a useful asset for this offensive tackle because he makes one step, and boy, does he have you in a bind. Is it really tough for you to to go anywhere because you are boxed into a guy who can reach and grab you, and, and, and he will do whatever he wants with you, right? And I saw him have a, have a rep against, uh, I think he had one against Isaiah Foskey. He had one against uh, Andre Carter in which he just, you know, he took those dudes lunch. Like right? he just showed uh, the physicality, he showed the length, he showed the size, he showed everything uh, that that tweet where you saw how big his wingspan was kind of led you to believe. So I thought he had a really good day. A guy going in that was a little bit of a crush for me here, and I really wanted to see him in person for the first time, as Cody Mock. Another offensive lineman. I thought you saw some quickness from him. Um, I thought you saw the competitiveness from him. You saw some nastiness from him. Um, you saw a guy that really, really took to this opportunity here on day one and really made the most of it. You saw the speed he was able to get out um, on some some pulling drills and really, you know, showcase that speed to be able to make it, to to get outside and and make a hit. And you, I was really impressed with what I saw from him today uh, or yesterday, I should say, in practice. The third guy, uh, at least from the offensive. Line, perspective would be Jalen Duncan and this is a guy that entering uh, this draft cycle um, had a disappointing 2022 season I think when when listening back to uh, the the summer report on Jalen Duncan from the TDN scouting staff it was a bit of a glowing review it was man this guy is going to cement himself as a first round offensive lineman if he can just continue to build on what he did here in 2021 he is going to put himself in the conversation to be one of the first uh, tackles taken um, in the draft well it didn't necessarily work out that way for him in 2022 but I saw a guy who came to Mobile ready to play. He looked to be in great shape. You saw the length. You saw the size. I thought I saw some quickness in some of the speed drills that they did with him moving moving around and showing that lateral quickness. I, I thought he checked some boxes in that regard. Now, he's got to stack multiple days together because I'm not just going to take one day of practice here and erase everything that I've seen, that I've heard, that I've talked to with the TDN scouting staff. But again, you want to talk about guys that stood out in a positive way? He's another one of those guys. And so that was the way that I I viewed the, na- the national practice. It was through the lens of the offensive lineman. And as the week progresses, as we move through this week, I'll be focusing on different positions here on the show. And so so for today's practice, the one that I'm going to hear in just a little bit after finishing the recording of this show, um, on Wednesday, we will. Uh, I'll focus on a different group for the national team and, and give you a different focus on the Thursday show. So we've got our first taste of those offensive linemen. We'll see how they evolve throughout the week. And I will tell you, the offensive linemen overall for both teams, both the national and the American team, all throughout practice, they absolutely dominated. They made it really difficult for these pass rushers. And there's some talented pass rushers here. There are some guys that, you know, there, there's some guys with some first-round buzz here in Mobile at the pass rush group. And you just saw an O-line group come in here. And you, normally it takes a little while to create some cohesiveness with guys that you've never played before. You don't know how a guy's going to react to a certain thing. But they, they they all gelled really well together, and it was really impressive to see. And so they won day one. They they beat the D-line in both practices. And so we'll see what the defensive coaches have maybe cooked up uh, for Wednesday's practice here today uh, to see if maybe they get those defensive guys uh, ready to get after the quarterback. And then for the American practice, got to hang out with a couple members of the TDN uh, staff. I was hanging out with Kyle Krabs, Shaq McKessie. We were all watching uh, the the, uh, American team DBs, mainly the corners and the wide receivers. That was where our focus was. And Man, this is where the defense kind of got back at it. The defensive backs, and specifically Julius Brents, the corner out of Kansas State, he really, really, really impressed me. You saw a guy that is extremely lengthy. You saw a guy that has some great size. I think he was the biggest corner of the group. You saw him 
you could notice him right away. And I think the two things that I really, really enjoyed watching uh, Julius play in practice today is the physicality that he brings on every single rep. He wants to be competitive. He wants to go at it with you every single time, and he is not afraid to get physical. He's not afraid to body you, and he showed a real competitive juice today in every single rep uh, that he had. And I, and I thought he showed that length and quickness, and he, got, he, was, he was stuck on guys all day long and, I, and he really really uh, balled out today and so again a guy that's probably floated around as a day two corner um, could certainly probably work his way into that day one conversation if he continues to stack days like he did uh, yesterday but a guy that immediately jumped out and made an impact and the third guy we talk a lot about Michael Mayer tight end one we talk a lot about Darnell Washington potentially being tight end two I would like to discuss a guy that I think is going to very quickly. The hype train is leaving the station for this gentleman after Mobile. And I know I just gave you a big spiel at the beginning of the podcast that I am not going to overreact to one day. But if there's going to be an exception that I'm going to make to that rule, it is going to be for this next gentleman. Oregon State tight end Luke Musgrave. This dude, all the buzz, all the hype that you hear around this guy sneaking into the first round of being a first-round player, a first-round tight end, absolutely. He is a physical specimen. When you talk about size, you notice Luke Musgrave. He's got that big-time unicorn-type size at the tight end position. And then to go with that, he's got the speed. He's got the fluidity. He moves really well for a tight end that size. And I can think back to coming here a year ago and watching the tight ends, and it just didn't feel like there was a lot of quickness in them. Their movements were very slow. I, Luke Musgrave, man, every time, again, I was watching DBs and wide receivers, but he's part of that pass-catching group, so he kind of he, he snuck in there during some of the team stuff. Every time I looked up, Luke Musgrave was quick, you saw the big body, and he was catching everything that was thrown at him. And so that was my exposure to him, and he's a guy that generates a lot of buzz. Every time I would walk by and talk to another scout, it would be like, did, did you see Luke Musgrave today? Yes. Yes, I did. I, I did see the size. I did see uh, the quickness uh, that he has, and he moves really, really well. So again, those 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 group of guys that I just mentioned, they need to continue uh, to stack really good days here. And if they do, I think they're going to put themselves in really good position uh, to hear their names maybe a little bit earlier than originally expected going into the week. But that's what this week is really all about. There are opportunities aplenty here this week to showcase your skills in front of 16 different coaching staffs represented here uh, in terms of NFL teams. All of the the teams sending con- you know contingencies down here to Mobile to scout. There's an opportunity to really impressed and I think through day one the guys that I just mentioned at least of the groups that I saw really 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 stood out so those are the thoughts there on the senior bowl and we've got two head coaching things to talk about here before we get out of here the first one being that uh, the Denver Broncos got themselves a new head coach, and it comes as a little bit of a surprise. They are the team that ultimately makes the call to the New Orleans Saints. They are the team that ultimately pays the compensation price to make Sean Payton uh, their next head coach. I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised on both ends that this is the direction uh, that these two sides decided to go. If you would have asked me 24, 48 hours ago, I would have told you that Sean Payton is returning to TV. Right? I look at the openings that were still left, Houston, meh, the, the Broncos, meh, the Cardinals, meh. Those are those are teams with offenses that are, you know are kind of sputtering. Right, the Cardinals are going to be without Kyler Murray at the beginning of the year. Denver didn't year one of Russ didn't go very well in Houston. You still need a quarterback. You need a lot of help on both sides of the ball. You have some nice pieces, 
but uh, you, you need some help on both sides of the ball. So it really felt like Sean Payton was going to go back. And guys, I even mentioned this on yesterday's show when talking about, you know, Kellen Moore going to the Chargers. I thought that Sean Payton was going to go back to, to Fox, go back to TV, and then after another year, if it didn't work in Dallas and they moved on from Mike McCarthy, golden opportunity for Sean Payton to, to, to coach the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones, who he knows very well. Ultimately, that didn't work out. And I, we don't, as I'm recording this show, we don't know the, the monetary figure um, for what the contract is for Sean Payton, but it certainly feels to me that if he's the, if he's taking this job, if this is the leap of faith that he wants to make to get back into the coaching um, cycle after bowing out for a season and retiring and leaving the Saints, he must feel beyond a shadow of a doubt, 100%, that he is the guy that can get the most out of Russell Wilson and he can get Russell Wilson and that Denver Broncos offense back on track. Because guess what? He's signing up to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year. He's signing up to to play Justin Herbert twice a year. Four of those 17 games are against those two quarterbacks. You are not taking that kind of job and trying to compete in that kind of division to try to make the playoffs if you don't think you are the guy, you are the candidate that can fix Russell Wilson or at least get Russell Wilson back on track to being the Seattle version of him and get this team, you know, trending in the direction that I think a lot of people thought they that they were going to be in, and that was legitimate threats to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. And so from the Denver side of things, I, listen, Sean Payton, that clearly means that he thinks that he can fix Russ. I think from the, the Denver side of things, I have a really tough time looking at my fan base and saying we basically traded Bradley Chubb to get Sean Payton. I have a really tough time with that. And I have a really tough time when you had the context of what they've moved the last two seasons to get Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Because let me ask everybody a question. Does everybody listening to this show right now think that the Denver Broncos were just a head coach away after what you saw in 2022 into 2023, that they were just a head coach away, the right guy calling the plays, the right guy being the CEO commanding the ship, were they just a head coach away from making the playoffs and being a playoff team? That's a really tough thing, I think, to ask of a head coach. Does Sean Payton make the Denver Broncos better? Yes, he absolutely does. But does Sean Payton fix the warts that we saw from Russell Wilson and the concern that we have with Russell Wilson? Does it change the fact that Javante Williams is probably going to miss a good portion of the season? Does it change the fact that the defense played as well as they did a year ago, but you know, there's no guarantee that they're going to be that level of good this season. And yeah, you only have to score basically 21 points a game to, to have had a good year this year, but there are a lot of question marks. And so for Denver to give up draft capital, to not to really be able to invest high-quality, uh, high-end assets into fixing this team in the draft, getting younger players in here, I think it's a real tough ask because you're basically going to ask this current team, the current version of the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson's big contract, you are going to ask him and Sean Payton to be the, the two men that lead this team back to the promised land, lead this team back into the playoffs. So I just think it's a really heavy lift. It's a really heavy ask. And I don't know, I sit here and I think that two years from now, we may be sitting back wondering, man, why did Sean Payton do that? And boy, the Broncos really set themselves back with all the draft capital that they gave up to get those two guys. Because you've now paired them together. This is the Sean Payton and Russell Wilson show. They are either going to succeed or fail together. And if they fail, it's going to really set this franchise back. There was another head coaching news, and you could feel the buzz at the Senior Bowl, right? Everyone's there, and you got a lot of the NFL media descending down onto Mobile to talk to talk Senior Bowl and to watch Senior Bowl. But when news like that breaks, when you get those alerts on your phone, the buzz can kind of shift. You'll be watching players, but yeah, you're talking to the person next to you about, man, hey, did you see Did you see this? Man, can't believe they did this. So the buzz, you could feel it in the air. Then we get the news that the Houston Texans are going to make D'Amico Ryans 
their next head coach. Big six-year contract that he's going to get. And the, the thing that I like about that is, listen, the Houston Texans at any point can move on from D'Amico Ryans, but you give him a six-year contract, that to me is a huge vote of confidence that you believe that this is going to be your next head coach and you are going to give him the runway and the opportunity. Because I am a big believer that the Houston Texans are two years away from being two years away. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. And I think you have a young team with some young players and you're going to be bringing in a lot of young players this year. you got two first-round picks. you got a ton of draft capital. You need a leader that can set the culture. You need a guy that's going to be able to set the bar from a culture perspective right away here in year one. And yeah, in year two, in year three, in year four is really where you're going to see the gains on the field. That's where you're going to see the team improve from a talent perspective and a productivity perspective on the field. But the culture needs to be set early. And I think D'Amico Ryans, coming from San Francisco, he fits that bill. He fits that model of a CEO type, a big leader, a culture guy that's going to set things the right way. And oh, by the way, former Houston Texans player. So that's a pretty good story in and of itself that he's going to be able to return there to the team that he played for. Now, I'll tell you this. I'm going to sound like a broken record. They've got to get the head coaching higher right, uh, the offensive coordinator higher right. That's got to be a home run, and you need to pair him with somebody who has experience, one, calling plays and running an offense, and two, you'd love to have somebody with a little bit of head coaching experience because he can help D'Amico Ryans wade through the waters of being a first-time head coach. You don't think Nathaniel Hackett would have loved to have somebody like that to be able to help him out? And certainly after the what was the first two weeks of the season, he brought in a, a senior assistant when he bring Jerry Rosberg to help him with the game management stuff. But you certainly need a veteran presence uh, on your side. And so to me, great hire from Houston. They're trending in the right direction. They've got a lot of players that I think we all really like on both sides of the ball. Still some talent deficiencies in some areas, but you got a lot of draft capital that you can invest, some cap space that you can invest. You're trending in the right direction. You, you, you can't stop here. You've got to continue to move the train along. You need to get the OC higher right. You need to spend in free agency and not the way you have been spending where it's been one-year contracts for veterans. You need to invest into some positions. Give D'Amico Ryan's the best chance to find success early in terms of being able to build a culture, bring in bringing people that want to be there, bringing people that are going to help D'Amico Ryans build that, build that culture, use your draft picks, continue to invest, and in a division that feels open to be competitive, right? Other than Jacksonville, do you feel really good about the, the direction the Indianapolis Colts are going in? Do you feel good about the direction that the Tennessee Titans are going in? There's an opportunity to leapfrog and to be competitive with the Jacksonville Jaguars because they're not going away anytime soon with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. But guess what? You can be competitive, and you've got probably a two- to three-year window to really build this team up. It's probably why I wouldn't take a quarterback with either of your first two picks. Continue to build this roster out. Let D'Amico Ryan set the culture and then get the quarterback. So uh, I, I understand making the big splash in Denver. Don't necessarily love the idea from Denver's perspective of giving up that draft capital, but from Houston's perspective, I think they got a great head coach. They've set themselves up for future success. Success. They just now need to follow through on some of the big action items that could get them there. Ooh, I'm going to take a deep breath here. I mean, that was a jam-packed show of a lot of different things that here that happened over the course of the day yesterday. And guess what? When you've got the, the movers and shakers here in town for Mobile, when you have the newsmakers, the, the people that can make news and break news, a lot of stuff uh, tends to happen. So we've got another day of practice that we're going to be heading out to. You're going to hear my thoughts on that. And, of course, with the way things are going, whatever other breaking news that we get here in the National Football League uh, over the next 24 hours, and I will bring it to you here right on this show. Appreciate you making this show a part 
part of your day rating, reviewing, subscribing, following along here as we continue to bring you the best coverage out there when it comes to the Senior Bowl uh, here 2023 in Mobile. Uh, continue to stay plugged in here on the podcast, Draft Dudes, the DraftNetwork.com, the social media accounts. Uh, if you're a TDM, uh, TDM Premium member in the Discord, we got a lot of stuff going on. And so I'm going to continue to echo this because if you want the most comprehensive coverage of the Senior Bowl and the opinions of the people who grind the tape all year, all year long, you're going to want to stay plugged in. So appreciate you making this show a part of your day. Appreciate Bet Online for their continued support of the podcast. Hope everybody has a great rest of their Wednesday. I will talk to you all tomorrow.